Welcome back to another episode of the Turn the Mic On podcast. It is I, Mikey. My pronouns are he, him, Beyonce. Remember that. Always come correct. But we're back with another episode, and I feel like it's so necessary to go back to our roots. And not the roots up here, not these slave roots. Not that far back. But to the roots of this podcast, let's go back to the beginning, to the beginning of 2020, where I said these words, adulting is ghetto. Yes, that's right. We're going back to our debut topic, adulting is ghetto, because I don't think y'all heard me. And in order to ensure that you are hearing me, what better way than to have someone else say it too and have someone else explain to you that this shit is not a joke. I'm not playing. I'm not lying. Groceries are expensive. Breathing is expensive. Health insurance is real and necessary. Communism, we need it. JK, don't defund me. But <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I thought it was absolutely necessary just to have another voice, just to share the adulting experience because I think we're all going through the growing pains of life in adulthood. So without anything else to be said and done let's get to know our guests so i have a professional a queen her birthday just crashed that means you know she's an air sign i won't say that i won't say what she is but i knew this person was going to be very special and incremental in my life when i first annoyed her in my undergrad building because she was working as an office aide and we've been stuck together forever there's been so many nights where i've thrown up <laughs> she saw it Oh, God, we've got through a lot. But nonetheless, my favorite memory is when we stayed up to like midnight and rewatched Beyonce's Coachella performance on YouTube. And I knew that we'd be stuck together forever. So please welcome the queen herself, Shannon. Welcome. Let's give her a round of applause, everybody. Welcome. Baby, make that ass clap. Hello. Hey. How are you? You should be. That's amazing. That's a blessing. It is, honestly, honestly. It's really reunion time. <laughs> it is the reunion. <laughs> it's the reunion. But no, Shannon, how are you? Like, how are things, you know? Like, how is life? Okay, so life, life is good. You know, you got to bump in the roads every now and again, but for the most part, like, just taking it a day at a time, especially because of COVID. But, um... Just doing what I can every single day and like not stressing myself out about stuff I can't control. But other than that, life is good. You know, and I need some of that because my ass be overthinking about all the shit I can't control. (laughs) Be trying to live in the future when I need to be in the present. And, you know, girl, with Corona, it just got me all messed up. But, you know, God is good nonetheless. can't complain too much you know life is still going like you remember that meme that was on twitter when coronavirus first hit and it was like the picture of the dude with the i don't know it was like some kind of some kind of tool and he was hitting somebody else in the head and Mm -hmm. it was corona and then the stick was the blood of jesus and then it was like (laughs) (laughs) and you know sometimes that meme and i'm like i'm like where but and I, and I feel you on that, but we also have to realize we don't know what God's plan is. The blood may have hit Corona, but it just 
we like, this is something I struggle with every day. Very transparent moment. My biggest struggle with my relationship with God is my faith because I'm a visual person. If I don't see it being worked out, how do I know it's being worked out? And I think faith is one of the most incremental portions of your relationship with God. So like, that's my constant struggle. Like, I be giving stuff to God, but I be like, you still working on this Jesus? <laughs> I can't get a 30 day update because <laughs> I done dropped it off. I just need to know if the burden's being picked up yet. Like, is it a seven to 10 business day? Just let me know, God. <laughs> just let me know, God. I know you on top, but can you be early? Just a little bit. Listen, that's something yeah. else, but you're right. I am right. But enough about that because, you know, God is good and there'll be another episode for that. But let's get into our positives and negatives. Like, I'll let you start since you're the guest. Like, what's, what's your positive? Let's start on a good note. Okay, a good note. Let's see. Positive. Mm-hmm. There's always something to be positive about. So let me think. Positive. There is money in my bank account. That's hey, positive. Shut up. Money in the bank account is always a positive. I mean, it might not be as much as I need or want, but it's 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 what I got, and it's there. Cause I remember the days when I was transferring the savings to the check-ins, and then putting the check-ins on the credit card, and then transferring back from the Hold savings. If you, if you ain't never did this, that transfer process, I don't know. You're not real because, baby, I'm still doing the transfer process. Let me tell you. I'm still doing the transfer because I'm like, oh, shit, let me move stuff from my savings real quick and while I'm at dinner because the oh checking account ain't going to cover it. You'd be, be at a checkout counter and you'd be like, Ooh. you know what, ma'am? Can you give me a moment? <laughs> ma'am, you can take the next guest. You can take this. And then me having to spread, my service would be going slow, so it'd be taking forever to transfer. <laughs> Yes, man, everyone to be great. Talking about uh, no internet connection, low bandwidth when you, when you log into zero uh, bars. I'd be like, Lord Jesus, yeah. please. I'm already here. Like, I'd be, a, I've gotten to the point sometimes where I'm in the line and I already have the banking app up just in case so I can see the total. And then, all right, so let me just transfer. It's already up. I waited in line, I got it up, so I just need to hit the transfer. Woo, Jesus, but I feel you. So that's a positive. Money in the bank account is definitely a positive right now. Okay, I think I can agree with you to the effect of money. Um, my positive for this week would be consistent payments, like mm-hmm. into my account. Because not only it's one thing to have money in the account, but reoccurring money in the account. And for the first part of the pandemic, I was not sure of that because I was interning. And I wasn't sure if my summer internship was going to get canceled. So I was like, you know, I'm at home. That's cool and all. But as an adult, like, I still have to get back to New York. I have to move out of my apartment in New York. I have to find a new apartment. I have to find a job. Like, so just a blessing of, you know, from March to now, I have secured full-time employment. And there's health insurance. There's just a lot of financial aspects covered by the blood of Jesus that, you know, it may, like you said, it may not be how much I want, how much I need, but it's something there. And it's consistent. You know, I know 1530. Hello. Listen. She shows up three o'clock in the morning. Hallelujah. I get the 80. Like, payroll deposit, deduct payroll Girl. with a spreadsheet. 437 in the morning. Like I have the ADP app on my phone. So it says you have a new pay statement. I said, God, hey, in the midnight hour, won't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> Jesus. Hey, shots up. Mm, I felt that too. Because guess what? Payday is next week, so I'm feeling it again. Hey, it is Woo! Thursday. Thursday, God. 
Ooh, and that's how you know adults in this ghetto because we be talking about living paycheck to paycheck, honey. <laughs> talk about living paycheck to paycheck, honey. Because let me tell you. Ooh, let's go to the negatives because we already jumping into this topic. And I, ooh, I can tell it's going to be a good read. Um, negative, what's this? You know, any grievances? I know we can't complain, but if we could complain, that's my thing for negatives because we shouldn't mm-hmm. complain. But if we could complain, what we complain about this Okay, so I know that we are virtual and we're working from home, but I just feel like, especially with the population, and it doesn't even really matter that it's the population that I work with. This can go across all career lines, but just because we are working from home does not mean you get to waste my time. (laughs) There are situations where... Like, for example, if you made an appointment with a client or if I made an appointment with one of my clients, patients, students or whatever, and, you know, I tell you it's a certain time, it's on this day, I send you the Zoom invite, I remind you, like, and I'm going, at at this point, after I send you the Zoom invite, really, I don't have to do anything else after that. It's, you know, me being a courteous person who sends you an extra reminder, you know, me going above and beyond, and you don't show up. You don't tell me that you're not going to show up. You don't send a text, an email, a chat, smoke signal, nothing. I'm just out here waiting for you to log into the waiting room. That's a negative. So wasting time, especially now that we're working from home, because I just really feel like at this point, we don't really have an excuse. I mean, mm, things happen. I understand that. But you went home. So that's my negative. That would be something that I could complain about for this week. People wasting Mm -hmm. my time. Realistically, just to add on to that, you don't even have to be home because Zoom is available via mobile. Because I definitely took some calls on the road, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I can't show my face right now. I'm going through some things, but I can talk. You can listen to my voice, you know? I feel that. If I could complain, my negative would be consistency on my part I lack consistency so hard in this podcast and working out relationships uh, I don't know just me but I, I don't think I don't want to do it I just I feel like I get disenc- discouraged so fast I think that's more so because I don't live in the moment I keep jumping so far ahead and, and not seeing like, okay, in order for me to get here by this time, or I just see this amount of progress, I need to be doing this, but I'm not doing this right now, so is it even worth to do this? Like, consistency and mindfulness, these are my negatives. Like, I, these are things I have to work on. I don't work on enough because, you know, with all that's going on in the world and in life, it's just so exhausting to try to be consistent with some things on top of managing your emotions, your stress. Because being consistency also comes with the level, being consistent also comes with the level of stress. And it's not like bad stress. I do believe there's distress and you stress. So it's definitely you stress, but it's like, it's more stress than the normal burden of stress. So it's just like, I'm more hard on myself about not being consistent towards the thing I want to be consistent towards. Like Mm -hmm. this, you know, Christian Christian person fall in winter. I'm trying to get this body that I want so I could be on demon time in the summer, but I don't got the consistency to do that. Okay, Jesus. Look, and God didn't humble me this summer. Okay, so I'm trying to get right, <laughs> right with God and with the body. Okay, but yeah, thank you for being so transparent with us. Um, but let's get to this topic because okay. the atrocity that is adulting. I would like to fight Shannon. I would like to fight. <laughs> Now, my man raised no fool, and I do believe in the living God, but 
how could you let someone jump into this so unprepared? I don't even think I could be prepared for the struggle that is adulting. It was like, it grabbed you by the head and then it just went. <laughs> my, so, so that's adulting and then capitalism is jumping me, okay? And then my job is kicking me in the back, okay? And then work-life balance is also smacking me in the face. It's I'm being jumped all at this very, I, we're, I, in my opinion, we're not in our 30s. We're at the halfway point of our 20s. We're still fetuses. We just started doing this adulting thing about two, three years ago. Yet it's so hard. And then people want to have kids? <laughs> oh my God. You That's the one. I'm like, not only, okay, despite all the other stuff that we have to take care of, you want to take care of a. Of You're a choosing to birth another person. Like, it's hard enough taking care of yourself. And you want to take, you're choosing to, look, baby, you'll buy you a dog. It's just like, not only are you choosing to take care of yourself, but now I have to learn how to like not be selfish anymore if I were to do that. And I'm still in my selfish years. Like, and you know, people are like, oh, these selfish. I'm like, no, literally selfish. Like, yes. I don't, I ain't trying to share with you, no baby human. I'm not trying to feed no baby human. I'm not trying to transport it. Like, I ain't done being selfish yet. So, if I'm 40 with a one-year-old, I'm 40 with a one-year-old. Because that's your business. That's my business. Like so, like that. <laughs> and all they know is that at 40 years old, you're still getting some, okay? Because a lot okay. of people not. Because <laughs> a lot of people aren't. Let's be real. A lot of people is divorced by that age. Not to shame anybody getting divorced, but let's be real. And everybody puts this part, this won't even part of the, to- the topic, but like speaking of kids, because that's very much about adulting, a lot of people have so much pressure, like, of having children and like, oh, I'm having baby credit. I'm not a woman, so I don't really ever experience baby fever. Um, but I'm just like, y'all, like, love my friends. I know everybody wants kids, but I'm like, we talk about the struggles we're going through right now and you are having baby fever. You think about what you're going through right now and that will remove every ounce of baby fever you got. Okay, because I be looking like, okay, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm alone in New York. Maybe a child, more like a dog with right. help but like when you think about the stress newborns cry all the time all New- the time all and newborns, the they can't eat the food that you eat baby and if you don't feel like pumping from your your internal milk you got to go get some baby formula you get what i'm saying it's extra add and we y'all can ride the system get that wig child but still you still got to get you know what i'm saying it's not like i really think kids right now are an accessory, just like everything. Just like plants have become accessories, just like dogs have become accessories, just like relationships have become aesthetics. Your houses, people like, and I shout out to everybody getting houses right now, yo, I feel it. But like, I know for me, at this young age, I'm not gonna wanna stay in one place for 10, 15 years. I'm sure you could sell the house, but like, when I buy my house, that's the house I want. Like, I don't wanna buy a new house, I wanna buy it. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I have multiple houses, that's my business. But the house, I don't want to sell. And I just, I have so many, like, anti-opinions to what's going on on social media. I'd be like, y'all doing a lot. (laughs) That's why I'd be like, you know what? I see why motherfuckers don't like me because (laughs) I'd be ready to, like, you bought a house right now for by yourself. I guess, okay, so for some people, okay, because I feel like we're on the same page. If you can do that and that, and you are sure about your decision, and that's what you want, by all means, but it's just like, and I feel like we'll talk about this later, but 
it's just that whole like social media image and pressure. Like Ooh. everybody got a house, so I gotta get a house. And I'm everybody like, got a baby. I need a baby. Everybody got plants. Let me become a plant mom. Everybody got a dog. Let me buy a dog. And it's just like what? I don't know. I feel like you got. People got to learn how to stay in their lane. If that's something you're interested in, then by all means. Yes. But for example, like with me, I know I'm not ready to buy a house right now. And Hello. I know I'm not going to be ready to buy a house in three years probably because I just, I'm not done doing yes. the popping around that I want to do. And yes. I don't know where I want my forever home to be and like that type of stuff. But it's just kind of odd how everybody is buying a house. Is that um, not all? I think it's part of the financial crisis that's going on. They get these motherfuckers to get loans, and then when the economy get right, that interest rate is shooting through the roof. Okay, it is a scam. I'm not like, and like you said, like I'm not hating on anybody buying a house because I think if you can do that and you're sure in yourself, yes. But social media has. I, I feel like we could just jump into this right now because we might as well. We want to. I feel like honestly, social media has accelerated a lot of the goals. Like, I, like I, sometimes I think like. Damn, when people get 30, 40, 50 years old, they will have done everything already. So, like, what are they going to do? Like, what's next? Because a lot of the luxuries of being an adult, like, there's certain stages, like, your young stage um, right now, like, we're supposed to be free, like, it's selfish, dating, bopping around, traveling. And I think, like, your 30s is when you kind of, like, you're stable in your career. You're kind of lined up to do, you're doing, you're more aligned with what you want to do. You find a serious partner. Y'all procreate get your first home and stuff like that. I mean, that's the traditional way. And I think because I'm very traditional in some aspects of my life, like that's how I still see it. Like, I don't want to rush that just because I see other people with the house. Like, yeah, I would like to have a nice apartment. I'd love to have all the things that come with the house. But like, I don't, I know I don't want that right now because there's certain things that come with the house. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize you have to upkeep a home. Like the earlier you buy it, like the more upkeep you have to get, especially if you're not buying a brand new house. If you're buying a house that's been renovated, that's one thing, or you're buying an old home, you have to upkeep it. You're probably going to do a lot of renovations on top of what you're already paying for a mortgage. Like, do y'all watch house hunters? Because I know you don't sell pickles and have a $400 million budget. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that's not your case. So, <laughs> like, it's crazy that social media has pushed us to, like, do a lot of things earlier than we should, you know? It's kind of like what you said, like, if you're doing everything now, and I mean, again, that's your business, but if you're doing everything now, what do you have to look forward to? You know what I'm saying? And I get yes. it. Like, you know, you know, life ain't forever. You know, we ain't here for a long time. We're here for a good time. But it's all 25. Like, the good time don't include a mortgage. So that's not happening. And then the other thing is just like, sometimes I think, what if social media never got to the point that it is yeah. now? Like, what if it was 2007, 8, 9, or what if we were operating still in that type of technology mm -hmm. era and like Instagram never came about and Twitter never came, you know, got to the level that it is now. Like what if we didn't have social media now with all the stuff that people are doing and saying and participating in, would that still be happening? And I just feel like social media has a lot to do with what choices people make and not yeah. so much about, you know, what, the, about internal, you know, you letting social media influence your life, which is scary. It's very scary. And like people, um, I've had like people tell me like, oh my God, uh, why don't you be like a media personality? Why don't you be like an influencer? So I said, I would love to do it. And I really wanted to do that as a child. Like I really want, like I followed so many bloggers that became influencers, but the more I learned about it, I started working with communications and studying because 
influencer and social media is not a business. It's not a hobby. It is strictly business. Everything you do up there, it is a shopping platform now. It is political. It is, you know, it's more, it's more than social. It's completely strategic at this point. And I don't want that stress. You know, I'm also like more private than I care to be like more than people know. So it's just that. And I think to your point, without social media, and I think this is like the caveat to it, people our age wouldn't be living these lives. They wouldn't be making and having the success. Like I think about Jackie, I know who's older than us, but like had it not been for social media, she may not have ever gotten the break that she needed to, you know, get to where she is. Cause I know she was going through a lot of things in her twenties. So it's like, you know, it's different. And it's just like, there's so many things that are being glorified on social media. Like, and I'm not saying these are bad things. Like I'm not saying like pregnancy shouldn't be glorified. Cause I think, bringing birth and birthing a child, raising a family is an amazing thing. It's not for me, but I think it is an amazing thing for whoever chooses to participate in it. But I also feel like a lot of people are rushing to doing it. Like even so, like the vacations and having a long relationship, because I find myself like often like, why am I single? Like, this is not adulting. Like I'm supposed to be young. Like, you know, you see girlfriends, you see sexists, and you see all these TV shows about people in their early 20s just going from relationship to relationship, just living their best, like not being tied down yet. For some reason, in my early 20s, I want to be tied down to some form of consistent attention because I see it on social media. Like, I don't see too many people reveling in their singleness. And if they are reveling in their singleness, they're, they have the attention of multiple people. They're paying multiple people's attention. They're just not just doing them. Not to say that's a bad thing, but it's just like that influence that social media has over you. Like, internally, like, do I really care for a relationship? Probably not, but because I feel like I'm missing out on that aspect of our 20s because all of my friends, everybody I follow is dealing with someone of some sort. I feel like, damn, I need to be doing something. I got to stack my cookies up. Let me post a little thirst trap real quick and maybe I'll get attention. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's it's definitely a lot, but pivoting from social media pressure, uh, pressure, pressure from our family and friends, I feel like that's a different type of pressure we have to balance in adulthood. For sure. I think, I guess, mm, I'm gonna be honest, I don't, like, I don't really feel a lot of pressure from family. Mm -hmm. I think, I I don't get that sense. At least I don't think I experienced that. Mm -hmm. Damn, now I'm gonna lay down at night and be like, what? (laughs) Okay, I don't think, I don't think I do. I think the pressure is like from myself mm-hmm. to want to be able to pro- not yeah, saying that, that you know like I gotta I gotta do this job so I can send money back to my family. It's not that type of situation, but I'm just saying like that's that's what I want to do. That's what I right. choose to do. Just like you know, my family has done a lot for me, so mm-hmm. I think the pressure comes from myself and being able to want to give it back to them. Yeah. Now, as far as friends are concerned. I gotta think about that one. Let me think. Well, let, let me, me think. Let me, let you me tell me. Here. Yeah. My friends don't pressure me to do a damn thing, and they know they don't, and they need to mind their black ass business. I love y'all, but y'all need to stay in y'all motherfucking lane because my friends tell me to do a damn thing. Now, my family, I do, I have that similar pressure of wanting to be in a position to help my family. I remember I sent my mom like $200. Uh, Cause she's like, oh, I'll pay you back. Right? I just need two hundred dollars real quick. Cause like the bank is closed, and I need to do something. And it, it felt so good to be able to send her that money, and it not deter my plans. Like I did it like as I was going to brunch. Like it was nothing, and I was like, I felt really good. Like damn, I was able to help my mama. And 
no issues, not struggling, no transfers from a bank account. Like, I ain't got to move no money over. Like, it was easy. Like, all right, here's $20. I got enough left to do whatever the fuck I want. Like, it, this did not hurt me. Um, the only pressure I do feel for my family, um, besides that, is my mother, sometimes she'd be like, what about going to law school? What about this? Grand? I'm already a high achiever because I talked about going to law school before, so it's constantly on my mind. But there's sometimes there's pressure, like, to do those things. And my mom be like, because I told her I don't want to get married. She's like, don't let my marriage and what I've gone through with your father. I said, girl, it ain't got nothing to do with you. I, you don't understand. You don't know me as well as you think you do. I do not want to be a part of that. So I think that, not the career aspect, but more of like the life. Because she's always telling me, she's like, see, this is why you need to be in a relationship. Because I feel like, mom, I'm so bored. And you're just like, see, most people your age in a relationship. I'm like, okay, you know what? That, that aspect probably doesn't come from social media. That probably come from Jackie. Always on the phone like, yeah, you need to get in a relationship. And I'm like, okay. Back it, right? But yeah, that's the only stuff I got. Have you thought about your friends yet? And okay. I don't, I don't, I think my friends, I think we all have an understanding. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have like a group of, I don't have a circle of friends that I feel pressure from. Some people, they do experience that. So I'm grateful that that's, that I can't even think about a situation where I feel pressure from my friends. So I don't, as far as friends are concerned, no. As far as family is concerned, no. But when you brought up that relationship piece, that made me think about also like when I'm, you know, when I'm dating or like when I'm looking, you know, to become involved with somebody or whatever, I do think about my family a lot. And so I think the, there's those like unsaid types of pressures. like Hell yeah. Of, of like, is this person, you know, you, you're you on the first date and you already think about, can I bring him home? You know. Oh, because you know, your family gonna rip him apart. Your family gonna, <laughs> when they leave, your family gonna be like, why he come over here with that? Oh, you know we don't do that. It's like. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you want to find, it's like, like, you know, you might like a certain type of person and then right. you think of family, you'd be like, that ain't gonna work. So I think I do. It's like, those things that they don't say kind of probably mm-hmm. like the culture in my family yeah. that, that has definitely seeped into me. And I probably project that on other people, which is unfortunate, but that is another thing that I think I experience mm-hmm. is already thinking about what my family is going to think about somebody that I find interesting. And usually that ends up either in me continuing to talk to them or me mm-hmm. ghosting them, which is sad. So I need to I mean, I think it's a considerate act to do that because you're trying to consider, like, do I want to put them through whatever my family's going to bring them to? But I don't think it should jurisdict whether you ghost them or not because, you know, it can, I truly believe you can mold any, just like any job, they may not, you may not meet the qualifications at first, but you are trainable when you get in the role, okay? You think Remember so? that. I do think so. Now, now, there are a lot of idiots out here who lie and are not trainable. Don't get it twisted. But the right person is very trainable because you're going to have to be trained for that person as well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't ever go into any test unprepared, okay? So when you meet that family, he's going to give you the scoop, he or she or whoever. is going to give you the scoop. Okay, my mama don't like this, da, da, da. And just like when they meet your family, you're going to have to get the little cheat sheet. Just shut up. Don't say nothing. Only talk about the Falcons, okay, nigga? Don't talk about shit else, okay? Like, I think everybody's trainable, but I don't think, like, I think thinking about the, those pressures, I think all Black families have the same type of culture for the most part that we kind of project on other people. Like, oh, mama, we don't do, like, especially when you date outside, you're like, oh, we don't do that. We don't do that. So it's like, it's, it's considered to think about and think about what you're bringing that person into, especially if there's 
significant differences such as religion, race, uh, height, or whatever else is, you know, a non-negotiable. But I think moving past that, it shouldn't determine whether you ghost them or not because everybody's trainable. You ghost them after the test. So if they meet your family and it's a dub, mama said no. Or, you know, it could be a go, whether mama said no or not, but I don't think you should write them off before that anxiety is like met face-to-face. That's some free tea. That's some free tea. I told you that's why I'm single. Go back and text this person. No, you ain't got to do that. We don't text people after we ghost them now, but next time. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you something. That's how I know I'm a coach because coaches never play. That's why I'm always single. I'll be coaching everybody. That's why I'm single because I'll be giving out the advice. Now, does it ever apply to me? No. But I know. All right, let's transition because part of adulting and something that takes up majority of our time and is something I've had the hardest time adjusting with, it's working. Adulting is ghetto partially because capitalism. We have to work for a living. So let's talk about that work-life balance. So for you, I guess pre-COVID, how would you describe like your work-life balance? Okay, so I think I, think I was doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I, I was doing a good job Yes, ma'am. I was doing the damn thing, you know. <laughs> work. If, 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 if work ended at 325, I was out of the building by 345. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, you know, I I shut it down when it was time to be shut down. However, because I was in my first, or I was in my first um, year as a full-time salary person, I still did bring work home occasionally. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even though maybe I was leaving a building at a certain time during the day, a couple of hours later, I would be back on my computer, like doing mm-hmm. something or like, you know, finishing up some type of report or email. So that's something that I struggle with during the first year of working. Um, but for the most part, I think I pretty much know how to keep it, you know, in line with one another. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing, like bringing work home. I I don't rock with that and I don't like that. <laughs> okay. Well, fast forward to now, work is home. Right, now that work, work is, is home. home. <laughs> right. How is that work-life balance? Because we're living at work at this point. It's right. no work at home. So that's, and that's, I guess that's the irony about it. Like at first I was like, oh, I ain't bringing work home. I ain't doing that. And then now work is rolled out of my bed and I walk two feet to my desk. Like my bed is right here. No, no, no. I feel you. (laughs) It's sick. You roll out. Thank you, Lord. Let's get to it. Like, you know, it's just like, there's no, there's no boundary. So I had to create boundaries. Come on, Brene Brown. I had to create boundaries. (laughs) for myself because my work is home now so if that means okay I wake up at a certain hour like if I start working by eight o'clock when it's four o'clock everything is shutting down like no computer not checking my email not Mm -hmm. replying to emails and so I use that as a model for my colleagues too because if I'm not replying to my email at 545 maybe you should stop emailing me at 545 like understand that you know, I'm not this, we're not going to engage and I'll get to you in the morning. And so another thing too, is like, I don't, I try not to take my work stuff out of my workstation. So Mm. I'm not going to bring my work computer into the living room and start working. I'm not going to bring my notes into the kitchen and start working in the kitchen table. Like my workspace right here, this is all strictly work and whatever Mm. else is going on in this apartment has nothing to do with it except for this space right here. 
So I think those are like two things that I've been trying to do to really designate, you know, what is work and what is my personal life. And that, that, that's crazy that you are able to do that because, and it might just be the industries and the jobs you work. I don't have that luxury because this week alone, I think I worked till about nine for two days, like actively on teams, communicating, doing work. And it's just like, it just it's just that I think industry has a lot to do with it a lot. But I noticed for myself, uh, and this leads me to like my next point. I've been feeling unfulfilled a little bit. Granted, I'm so premature. Like, I literally just started working, like, two months ago. But it's, like, that work-life, I didn't realize how important work-life balance was for me until I started working. Because when you think about it as an adult, we, it's our selfish years. We want to do things. We want to explore things. And we realize, at least I realize, the weekends are not enough. Like, at about 6 o'clock, I'm going to realize that tomorrow's Sunday, and I have to go back to work on Monday. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, I really want to start enjoying my time off work during the week because I don't have that much time on the weekends. But if I'm working till nine o'clock, three out of the five work days, how much time do I really have to just enjoy? Because I feel like I'm someone like I have to decompress from work before I just jump into the things I enjoy. So it's like if that's just sitting there and watching TV and eating something real quick before I go out and maybe go grocery shop or go out and go to a workout class, I need that. But, you know, so like with that, how have you have you felt like your work routine and like just all this all the things of adulting and working from home is it becoming repetitive to you like do you think like like you said rolling out of bed do you have a morning routine still because I realize my morning routine has really gone to shit like I honestly don't even eat breakfast anymore I work and then eat lunch yeah okay mm-hmm. so. As far as the work routine goes, and I think this applies to like people like me and you where we like to be on the go and we like to be involved and just like, I don't want to say busy, but kind of like we just yeah. like to, you know, we don't like to be bored. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Amen to that. We don't like to be bored um, and we don't like mundane things. So you, this whole situation of just like, so like I'll wake up in the morning, do, you know, my bathroom, stuff like that, you know, practice some gratitude, eat breakfast and then start working. But after a while, like this has already gotten old. And I think mm-hmm. we only in month two for real of working from home. Yeah. So I just I certainly feel like, you know, this is not it. And I just want I want like I want something else. And so I don't I don't enjoy I do appreciate being able to work from home. I feel like that is a luxury for a lot of people. And so I don't take it for granted, but it's, it, I miss hustle and bustle. Like I miss getting up, yes. going to the closet, picking an outfit, getting ready to go to work, you know, going to work, interacting with people, you know, sitting at a desk, that type of thing. And then coming home and then, you know, getting ready for my evening right. routine or whatever. So yeah, I feel that. I feel like a lot has been robbed from us because of the pandemic. Um, I mean, like you said, and like to your point about us like not being bored, I realized like being busy just helped me avoid just dealing with internal stuff. And I, I think that's what I'm craving because right now, like it's not like I'm at work interacting with people. It's like everything's virtual. So like I have time to overthink while I'm at work and overthink other things and just like deal with some other internal stuff and just like I have more time to be bothered by family because at, at work you can't really be on your phone like my mom will text me or call me if something happened. You know, same thing with friends, family, because we're not in person. So it's just like, I can't even just solely focus on work sometimes 
because the lines were, and then also, you know, work for me extends past the normal nine to five. So it really impacts my personal life sometimes, especially the stress, because it's like, I have to do this to survive, Mm -hmm. but I'm kind of being overwhelmed. And then I'm not even out of the probationary period. So I can't even request off to take a personal day unless I'm like dying sick. So it's like, how do you bounce it? It's like, for me, I'm not a quitter. So I'm like, I have to find this match. I got to find a routine that's going to help me for the most part, because if I don't, like, I don't want to give up on my first job. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, if this is not for me, then that's fine. I can find something else, but I don't want to give up until I'm sure that's not for me. Because I think right now I'm just frustrated because of the lack of balance. Honestly, yeah. if, if yeah. I had that appropriate balance, I probably wouldn't be as irritated about some things, but... Every 15 to 30th, I feel all right. I feel a little bit. I feel like I can go a little longer. Okay, maybe it ain't so bad. Let me shut my ass up. Let me shut my Let me wipe my tears with this check. Okay. <laughs> Money calling. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I don't know you. That's stress. Don't know her. I only know Benjamin, sweetie. Okay. But speaking of that, let's talk about the the what we do and what we use it for, that money. So let's talk about striving for financial stability as an adult. This shit has got to be one of the hardest things. And I, I'm not, I will never proclaim to be financially stable. I know I'm doing a little Listen. better. But it's hard on an entry-level salary. It's hard when I want to go on vacation. It's hard when COVID got me buying extra shit and I can't leave the house. It's very hard, you know what I'm saying? And for me, just paying bills in New York, it's a lot more expensive to just live. I can't even just go window shop at Target because I got to pay put money on my Metro card because I don't got an unlimited card no more because where am I going? Why am I paying $127 a month for a card to not go nowhere? You know what I'm saying? So it's like money I got to dish out to go to window shop because they ain't buying shit. Cost money just to shit, walk outside at this point. It costs money to do anything, anything. Mm-hmm. It costs money to think about what the hey. fuck you're going to do with your- like, 25 cents 25 cents a thought <laughs> oh my god I just I don't it's like every I, I, mm, that's another thing like nobody like everybody be like oh yeah you know bills when you get your full time job but they don't it, it's like every month like some shit pop out of the like nowhere like where did you come from I didn't even know I had this bill Girl. You ever just been like, you ever just been like going through your bank statement and yes. then like, what, what is this? What bill is this? Girl, because so, sometimes who the bills don't come out as the name. Like, what like, are my, you? That's what I, there's so many times I'm like, let me go back to this day because what the fuck came out on that date? Like, what did I pay? Because these bills don't be coming out as the name that we're paying them. Like, not adding up. I mean, like, if something, did I get hacked again? Like, what the fuck? It's not it's not adding up and I also don't understand how when I get a check and like six days later there's like nothing left. <laughs> and bad. I'm like I'm like I'm I'm sure these dining out trips did not cost all of this money, but that's to be added up. I mean, it's ridiculous. It do, but when you think about what we're paying for to just have the bare minimum and by like, and it's, our finances are going to be different because of proximity, obviously, but like for New York, for example, on average, I would say a one bedroom studio 
I would say the cheapest you could possibly find, the cheapest I've seen is like $13.50 for a studio, for a studio. So it's just all that one bedroom, one bath, $1,500, $1,600, you know? And these are pandemic prices. These are not normal New York prices. So that, on top of utilities, I said it's like $60 to $100 on top of that. So we're at what? At most $1,660. Okay, so then MetroCard, if you actually go into your office, $127 a month. So that's what? $130. I don't know, mass $1,790 or something. You know what I'm saying? You see how it adds up? And then groceries, if you're eating at home or eating out, it's like, how does anyone expect us to survive when we have to pay to live? Like, that's the thing that's kind of confusing me. Why am I paying astronomical prices for a roof over my head? Because imagine if we didn't have to pay rent. Our paychecks would go a lot farther. You get what I'm saying? Like, if housing was guaranteed to anybody, like, or if it was at least affordable, like, my friend in Baltimore, I'm not going to put a business out there, but how much her and her roommate pay for, and their apartment's decent size. I think they pay 900 together. Together. As two people, $900? Over, so you do the math, how much they pay. So they split it up, and both of them paying $450. Precisely. Precisely, bitch. Meanwhile, my black ass is here looking for apartments for $1,500 max. Maybe I need to move to Baltimore because that's Ditch. crazy. <laughs> Do it this work from home shit. Like, maybe I need to relocate uh, to. But it's just like. I haven't, I'm going to be on. I haven't heard of those types of prices since I was in college. Like when we were, when it was housing dedicated to college students. And even still, it wasn't like we were paying like $554. So yeah. what's the heck? But I mean, I mean, it just tells me like. Maybe the areas I'm looking at are too gentrified and too overpopulated because I do think like there are places like even my hometown in Newport News, my cousin, I think she's paying around seven hundred dollars for a one bedroom. Matter of fact, my cousin has a townhome and she's paying around seven hundred, and it's two bedrooms upstairs, downstairs kitchen. I really think it's the area. Like it's not necessarily. We're just in very high populated area very important areas right now you know what i'm saying like there are a lot of jobs here which means it's bringing a lot of non-colored kinfolk there which means they have to live at a certain price point and they're willing to pay for that so everybody else has to suffer on top of that not to say baltimore there aren't white people living in baltimore but baltimore there's two types of there's baltimore county then there's baltimore city right most white people are not living in baltimore city therefore you know prices are a little more affordable you know and it Gentrification is a bitch, just to say the least. It, I was just, it's, it's just unfortunate because if you want to, like, if you want to be able to live and sustain and have some of that money left over, you're going to have to move to, like, smaller po- pockets of yes. a metropolitan city. You're going to have to move to the suburbs. But what's happening right now is just, like, you know, it's not, it's just, you're right. Gentrification is what's happening to the world right now. And it's just people are like, oh, I want to move to Atlanta or I want to move to Houston. I want to move to these big name cities. But the city at this time, it's not they're not catering it towards you anymore. Oh. The, the plan is to kick you out. And that is, the you know, that's the reason that these prices are getting so much higher. So you're really at a disadvantage if you want to move somewhere, you know, to a to a metropolitan city and, you know, kind of do well for yourself if you want to stay close to work. But, 
Yeah, just, 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 just. Shit. 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 <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so, like, how do you balance, I guess, between saving and, like, spoiling yourself and then paying bills? Like, how, where does that balance come in? Because I know we're talking about, like, damn, does this add up? But, like, when do you know when to do that? Because I know for me, I don't feel guilty anymore. Matter of fact, I kind of reason with myself, this credit card won't get paid off one of these days. It just won't be paid off today because it's going to get used. But like, how do you balance that? Because some days I'm like, damn, I need to pay this bill, but I also want some clothes, but I also want to cook tonight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you balance that? So I think it just had to come from like developing some self-control and some discipline like it certainly was not easy because there used to be times when I was in like college and grad school and I was I was definitely about to buy me some clothes and not pay a bill which was so irresponsible (laughs) and I would not do that anymore but I was dumb and anyway but so with my paycheck I just have a certain amount going to my savings every single time so I don't even have to think about am I gonna save anything and then, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh, I want to go to the store. Let me go see what they got in the store. And then I get in there and then I be start, I be recalling all the stuff I got to pay for. And it'll just zap you back. Just zap you. <laughs> you look at that price tag, you be like, oh, this cute. You be like, it's not that cute. And then Ooh. your mom's like, you, let me tell you what's cuter, your bill, not being homeless. Yeah. So just some self-control. Some I just need you in my head, baby. <laughs> What's your credit card statement look like already? <laughs> because I don't, I don't think you need to make this payment, sweetheart. Put the card back. Don't even transfer nothing. Don't even transfer nothing. It's not worth it. It'll come back and see you the next time when you got Dave, some money. Dave Ramsey, we talked about this before, but Dave yes. Ramsey changed my life. And that's the only white man I will listen to. But Dave Ramsey changed my life. And the crazy thing is about Dave Ramsey, I still agree with him, but there's some things about him. He's like, he has a zero credit score. I'm like, you have the privilege of having a zero credit score because you're white. Right. I don't have that privilege. Right. So maybe I will still have good credit on top of paying my bills off. But he definitely is someone that I listen to in terms of like paying more on your bills and getting shit yeah. paid off. Because the less bills, like the mindset is you don't have any money because you're always paying bills. If you eliminate most of your bills, you have more money to spend on what you want, you know, or like save. And I, and I 100% agree with that because like I'm thinking right now, like if I get my credit card paid off, because it's not that high, like I'm about to like, really get on it that's less money i have to dish out on top of like my rent that i'm saving for like and then i really just because my phone bill didn't dropped significantly like i've been working like to make sure i'm paying my shit and it's just a, it's a different mindset that i think he ushered in like i said i don't agree with everything he says uh, i also just have this thing where i'm like i don't trust every white person even if i look like i love renee brown but i don't know what they do when they're not in the public eye you know what i'm saying uh so not to say that she would do anything like that, because I truly believe she's a genuine person, but I did my level of trust, the media has yeah. shown me that everybody is different on and off camera because they have different audiences they're appealing to. And what they're speaking on comes from their perspective, not our perspective. Precisely. So yeah. But like after like after oh say I took his class and afterwards I was able to get both of my credit card. I Okay. Yes, so, ma'am. And then I realized I was like, it was ridiculous that so much of my check was coming out to go towards you know money that I owe it was just wow. dumb so that's another thing I just try to keep my credit card if I use them like emergencies mm-hmm. and then just keep them low so Girl, yeah. and your credit score will look beautiful because you Listen, still have credit okay, even, but it's I'm at minimal use your credit, credit score 
Top tier. Top two and she's not number two, okay? <laughs> okay, let's talk about grocery shopping because baby, I did not know how expensive motherfucking necessities are because first of all, I will speak for New York grocery shopping. They don't have Walmart. And let me tell you something. Walmart, I don't give a fuck how good that shit is. I can get a lot of shit at Walmart, okay? I can get a lot of shit. Anybody that grocery shops at Target has a lot of money because I, would, I don't grocery shop at Target. Now, because they don't have a Walmart, they have a lot of local, like, neighborhood grocery stores. Like, we have a food town, and we have the Sea town C-Mart, or whatever. They're okay, but I can't get everything I need. It's not a one-stop shop. But what I have found myself doing is going to Trader Joe's a lot more. Um, because Trader Joe's is significantly cheap, and I can get a lot for $60. Trader Joe's is cheap. Stop letting these people fool you. And who, I'm, I don't know who I'm talking to, but Trader Joe's is cheap. It's very okay. cheap. Cheap. It's and very you know cheap. They take food stamps. Oh, EBT. Yeah. If folks in college was signing up for EBT, I would, those who shall not be named who didn't need it, <laughs> they, they were getting food stamps in the mail and then going to Trader Joe's. <laughs> you remember that episode of Everybody Hates Chris where um, his mom was trying to sell some food stamps to people? Yeah. On the street. Honestly, Rochelle. That whole family. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> but you know what? I loved it. Um, yes. I mean, everything makes so much more sense now from that show, but. Man, me being in New York, I'm not in Brooklyn, but still, it makes so much sense. <laughs> Julian, <laughs> with his three jobs, it all makes sense. It all makes Baby, sense. It makes so much sense because, damn, man, you got it. You have to, to live the life that social media wants you to live, you need to be working at all hours of the day. You do not sleep. You have seven side hustles. You have a successful business venture. You also work from home. You also are a model on the side. You also have a podcast. You're also a social media influencer. You're doing it all. Because poor me, who works one job and is trying to make it, is not doing that. Like, now let's, we're talking about grocery shopping. What? Grocery shopping. Trader Joe's is great. I agree. But like, how do you save money when you're grocery shopping? Like, what are some rules that you live by? Because one thing I have to do, I have to have a list. If I don't have a list, I'm gonna overspend, period. Listen, make a list and never go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Oh, I've made that mistake so many times. And you know, at first you'd be like, damn, I'm gonna be good. And then you know, the more you spend time in the grocery store, the hungrier you get. So yeah. you be in the freezer aisle, grabbing, uh, you know, bacon wrap pizza pasta. <laughs> like, shit you don't even need. Like, when am I ever gonna eat this? Like, you know, just crazy stuff. So I don't go grocery shopping when I'm hungry because if I do, I'll spend more money. And then of course I make a list, but then like, I like to sign up for the grocery re like loyalty program yes. or whatever. Yeah, that's what I do. That's yeah. what I do. And every that time I go to self-checkout is only for people who ain't scared. <laughs> <laughs> you going to jail <laughs> because you know every now and again you can just slide one apple off the scale a little bit <laughs> and, and get your coin just, you just gotta do it really fast you can't even like put it down you just gotta and don't make eye, don't be making eye contact with the, with the camera <laughs> yes i'll be looking at the camera you like gotta do it <laughs> You just gotta do it. Maybe sometimes you forget that you picked up two 
cases of water and you just put it on the bottom of the buggy and then you just forget to scan it and you just walk out. You know Maybe. what? I have a hilarious story. So I've I, never I, done that. But if you if 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 you want to go that far, <laughs> let's say you forgot. Anyway. So I there have been multiple times like me and my mother, but you know. God saved me from grace and damnation. Well, he saved me by grace from damnation. I remember I was at Walmart and I was getting my daily devotional book. It was a Jesus, um, the Jesus Daily Purple Book. I walked out the store and did not pay for it. I was like, oh my God. I walked right back into self-checkout and paid for it because I was like, I know, I'm so whack. But I was like, this is like, a, this was a test from the Lord. It was, so, I was buying that something. Was to, that was a blessing. What? <laughs> well, I went back and paid for the book. I clearly, because everybody else was like, are you crazy? Everybody said, so you was crazy. Why did you not continue walking? I said, you should have kept on walking. I mean, I was almost at my car, but I realized it wasn't a bag and I had not I, scanned it. Almost at the car. <laughs> I sure did. I turned right around and paid for it. Cause I was like, I was just, you know, being black in America does trauma. Like I'm always scared. So like, I could have paid for everything. They would have thought I stole something. Let's be honest. So like, true. you know, but I have heard stories of people that have gotten pots for free and a lot God. of stuff. for. Okay. See, that's people going too far. Like, uh, you know, a some apples ain't that bad, but when you go in there to self-checkout, uh, scanning, uh, pots and, and a PS5 <laughs> as a, as a two for four produce item, that's <laughs> like don't be. You know, some people just take it too far. <laughs> and that's why black people can't have nothing. As my exactly, <laughs> exactly. I ain't want to say it, but yeah. <laughs> be like Candace and Monique, acting like ratchet black woman that they expect us to be. <laughs> like, okay, this fight. Woo, girl, we got to talk about that after the podcast because I can get into it, honey. But we don't, we don't leave that out. Okay, all right. So your grocery shopping and eating out balance, like how often would you say you do it? Because me, these past, I think, four days, I've been door dashing because I just have not been like cooking. Like work has just been a little hectic and I haven't been able to get up to like, because for me, I like, when I cook, I like to cook. Like I be cooking, like I made like this garlic uh, Parmesan sauce with scent. So I made this. Okay, I had this blackened salmon over rice with garlic parmesan sauce, and I think I did sweet potatoes and broccoli. Like, I, I cook. Like, when I cook, I cook. So it takes some time. Like, I've been in the kitchen for, like, sweating and shit, you know? I be salt day as fuck, right? But I don't have the time when I'm working late. So, like, for me, I've been door dashing a lot of food. And as you not only when you door dash or eating out, not only are you paying for the food, you're paying for the service. Uh, especially with DoorDash and me, I'm someone I was always, so I believe like you should always tip. Like if you can't afford to tip, you shouldn't be purchasing it or you need to get your tail up and go get it yourself. So I do that. And then like when I eat out, you have to tip or sometimes gratuities included. So like, how do you balance that? Because it really adds up when you eat out. But then you also sometimes, you know, with this new normal, we don't always have time to cook. So like eating out and these meal prepping services are becoming more common because we're living at work. We don't have the time to do the necessities and the little pleasures that gave us a break from all the madness that's going on. Right. I, I tried meal prepping before to avoid the whole eating out situation, but meal prepping is just, it's not mm -hmm. for the faint of heart. Like, I just, 
what do I look like making three pots of rice on a Sunday <laughs> night? Like that, that is stressful. <laughs> and you know, rice takes a long time to cook. That is not my portion, and that's that's not God's will for my life, and I'm not gonna do it. So you know, you got three pots of rice. You got two pans of uh, whatever meat you eat in the oven. You cooking, slaving over all the vegetables. And then you got all your containers laid out. And then you got a label. It's just, it's too much. I applaud people who meal prep, but I don't know. That's just not for me. So, you know, sometimes I pick like maybe which days I'm a, sometimes it happens spontaneously because like you, it'd it be the end of the day and I ain't trying to, mm -hmm. I ain't trying to pop open no type of freezer meal, nothing like that. Um, so I'll pick which days I eat out. Typically, it's maybe like a Friday or a Saturday, or if I know that this is going to be a heavy month with like events, so like people's birth, like October, it's a couple of people's birthday this month, so I know I'm going to be eating out, so yeah. instead of eating out during the week, I'll just make sure that I'm cooking during the week, because I already know I'm going to be eating out for somebody's That's birthday. So, Somebody's doing the math right, okay? <laughs> and then, Someone but, is. It just goes back in the, so I've been budgeting too. So it goes right. back in the budgeting. Like if it's not in the, but I'll budget, you know, restaurants and eating out and I will, you know, I'm going to say this, how much I'm going to spend. So, you know, if it's not in the budget anymore, then obviously I need to cook something that's in my kitchen. But if it's in the budget, I'm going to do it. Why so. slave over a stove for someone else is getting paid to do it. Okay. So I think, okay. Last point before we go into rapid fire. How would you say adulting has made you better learn yourself? I think I'm still learning myself through the trials and tribulations of adulting, but I have a better sense of, especially quarantine, I had to be hella introspective, but like how have you learned yourself in the over, not just quarantine, but like overall as adulting, like what have you learned about yourself and how did you come to these realizations? Um, I've definitely learned that I have got, I've, become more responsible but I've learned that I need to be more responsible so mm -hmm. like when I first started my job I was fresh out of grad school and honestly the way I was operating in grad school was the way I was operating in college so mm -hmm. you know just <laughs> spending doing whatever I wanted staying out going to Norfolk bar hopping <laughs> <laughs> like you know just being belligerent sometimes <laughs> and then getting up and going to work the next day or going to class the next yes. day just being real just still having that college young mindset and granted that was my earlier 20s so that was that that's what that was for but now i just feel like um i'm a i'm definitely more responsible so I wouldn't, we've talked about financial, you know, stuff, but I wouldn't call it penny pension, but I'm very, I'm a lot more wise about what I choose mm -hmm. to do with my money. Like, I'm not going to spend it on something that's not going to have a lasting effect right. on me, whatever, or that's not going to be meaningful. So whether that be clothes, whether that be, well, food don't really count. Anyway, you know, clothes, whatever I invest my time, which is also money in that type mm -hmm. of stuff. And then... I, I've also learned, like, I had to learn this early, too. So, like, when you get into a job, you know, you do want to build some type of relationship with your coworkers. You know, you want it to be a nice working environment. And also with the whoever your customers, clients are, you know, you want to build strong relationships with them. But this is something I'm still working on. But I absolutely just, I, I cannot please everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I like to do right by people. I like to make them happy, but 
again, it just goes back to like, you know, wasting time and like being disrespectful or whatever. So I've had to learn that some, you know, I can't make everybody happy and I got to say no. If I can't do it, I'm not going to do it. And that's just, that's just what it is. So I guess it would be more so advocating for myself. So responsibility, Mm -hmm. advocating for myself and, you know, not worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. If it's not going to get done today, it's not going to get done today. Whatever, you know, whatever. Every day, just one day at a time. So I think those are my biggest lessons that I've learned in this one year. Yeah. That is amazing, honestly, truly, honestly. I miss Joanne the Scammer. <laughs> but let's get into this rapid fire. I think this is honestly my favorite um, part of the podcast that I've incorporated. Shout out to Brene Brown for giving us this section because I definitely took it from her. Um, but yeah, like I said, seven questions. First thing that comes to your mind, don't spend a lot of time. That's the point of rapid fire. Do not sit there, oh shit, I gotta think. No. What's, what's the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? So are you ready? I think so. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. And first question, what is your zodiac sign? And do you think you embody the stereotype of that sign? Libra. And yes. Do I need to explain why? No, you don't have to. Unless you want to. Do you want to? No, I think everybody know about a Libra. So yeah. (laughs) Toxic ass. (laughs) Okay. What is a common misconception that people often get wrong about you? Um, That I'm brew or stuck up and not sociable. I agree because you do be coming off like that please don't (laughs) but you are goofy as hell I agree to that one (laughs) hell yeah okay what is something that interests you that others would be surprised to hear um (laughs) it's not a test it's not a test it's not a test (laughs) it's okay it's okay to think about it (laughs) Something that interests me that other people would be surprised about. This only happened recently. So, I, I mean, like, this just happened during quarantine, but running. I'm actually surprised about myself. <laughs> <laughs> you surprised? I'm surprised, too, running. You remember when we ran? We was running around the neighborhood, and then you went missing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, like, like Shannon, no, where are you at? <laughs> I'm gonna meet you at the house. I was like, where did you go, Shannon? I think I made it around the block and then I was you like, definitely oh. took a shortcut because I thought I was beating you. And then I'm like, where are you no, at? You're you like, are. and you were like, I'm in the house. And I'm like, how? I said, you know what? But when you told me why, I said, you know what? I understand. It was bad. It was, I was just like, it was like the heat and the. I know. The going, the going. It was a lot. It all came onto me at one time. It was that was bad. Okay. It was great. Can you believe that was like two years ago? Yeah, yeah. That is so crazy. Oh my god. All right. Um. So, what's the last book that you read? Oh, I read The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson. So good. That book is amazing. Okay. <laughs> It's about the great migration and it tells a story of like these three individuals and um it's 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 a real story like it's it's true um but it's so good and i think everybody should read it um especially if you are part of a family who is part of the great migration um it'll tell you a lot of background story 
and get into all a lot of racial stuff that was happening in the South. And the reason why some of the stuff that we still do in society today are really a result of the Great Migration and not so much because black people were moving up there, but about the stuff that white people wouldn't do as far as taking jobs and keeping black people out of the community. So it's a good read. I might have to add that to my book list. <clears throat> I'm trying to start a book club, so I'll hit you up. Um, what's one song or artist that has been constant in your playlist recently? Mm-hmm. Tony Braxton. <laughs> Her birthday just passed. Come on now. Day. October 8th. So it's between the 6th or 8th. She's a leader, though. Okay. That's probably... Anyway, Tony Braxton. You know Blue Ivy Carver's a Capricorn, just to throw that out there. And her daddy too, ain't he? No, he is Sagittarius. She's in love with the Sagittarius. <laughs> he blew her mind. Also had a flip side. That's like that's my shit. Okay. Mm. Hold up. All right. So, what's the last series or movie you watched? I was just watching something last. Oh, I, I sound like everybody in the world right now, but I'm rewatching Girlfriends. Oh, wow, I finished it already. Great show. I didn't like the last two seasons, but I already did spoilers on another episode with somebody, but I don't like it. It's so show. crazy that, like, we were watching this when we were, like, eight and seven and nine, and, like, yes. obviously we didn't know what the heck was going on. But then I'm watching it now, and I'm like, first of all, well, we knew this back in the day, but William is so out of line. Like, he's the worst. William is but the, the worst. But the thing is, I think William is the worst because he's straight on the show, I think because he's the straight man, because realistically what man has a lot of, what heterosexual man is in an all-girlfriend group, you know, and like sleeping with them and trying to date them. Like, I think that added a lot of problematic stuff back then just because of the, there's, I think there's more of a blur with gender roles and identities now than there was back then. So then it was like complete opposites, this very strong, successful black man who had a big willy and loved sex and taking up with these four black women trying to figure their lives out at the same time. It, he was bound to be problematic. He's a man. Like he was the only male perspective we really got to see in depth because all the other male characters were side characters. He was just, I mean, like William blows it every time. But yeah, you're right. I'm, I, given his environment, I feel like those those ideas and stuff like that about him are bound to come out. But somebody, I mean, how many times did they correct him? Except for John, that part about, you know, taking up for her at her job or whatever. But other than that, and then Yvonne leaving him, but he, he's... What season are you on? I think three now. Oh, girl. Talk, let's talk once you get to seven, because last season's at eight. So yeah, talk when we get to seven, because there's a, a, in my opinion, like season seven and eight were not as good as seasons one through six, but that's another story. Um, last question. What's one important lesson that quarantine has taught you? Ooh. Oh, gee, that's such a good one. One important lesson. That's, that's why it's the last one. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, oh damn, this one's so good. I, it's so many. Okay, one important, one important lesson that quarantine has taught me. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh, why am I taking so long? Okay, I know. That's really okay, girl. This is the one to leave them with. This is the one to leave them with. That last impression. What you going? What gym you dropping? One important lesson. Has <laughs> Damn, how many lessons did you learn? No, <laughs> no, it's been so many things, but I think okay. Here's here's one. Um, I think that quarantine. A lesson from quarantine. Is, in this essay, um, I. In this essay, I. <laughs> in this essay, I will explain why quarantine was so important to me for twenty twenty. Um, damn! Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. No. Ooh. She needs some psychological. <laughs> I'm taking a long pill. I look a lot of. <laughs> Okay, I'm about to end it. I'm about to, I'm about to Oh, ooh. Okay. Are we there I yet? Think, I, I think so. This, this, this not all of it, but I'm mm -hmm. gonna try to piece it together how I wanna say it. So I think an important lesson that quarantine has taught me is to um, like just, ooh, I sound like Sawati, but here we go, tap in. Mm. Just really, uh, oh, my <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess, I guess it would say, I would say learning how to be okay mm -hmm. with where I am mm -hmm. and who I am mm -hmm. and what I want to see like out, out of me. Like, without being connected to another person, without, you know, whatever assets are being valued at this time, um, I think quarantine has taught me that it is definitely okay for me to do stuff on my own time, take advantage of my time, and, like, not have to explain myself to other people. So like, you know, I went ghost on social media for like nine months yeah. and, you know, people were, were like, well, where'd you go and why'd you do that? And, and I'm like, I don't, I'm just saying. I, I don't need to explain myself to you. And I did it for me and I liked right. it and I'll do it again. But I think Period. quarantine has taught me that my, the decisions I make for myself, as long as they're healthy and they're getting me to a place that I feel more comfortable about, then that's, that's all that matters. So I think yes, that's, I think, I think that's it. Um, amongst other things, of course, but that was, that was one. I think that was a good one. I think that's, that's what we're going to leave the folks with. So one, thank you so much. This is a good ass time. I can't wait to listen to this. Back. And you can definitely come back, sweetheart. You're always welcome here. We can talk about all things. Okay. How you doing? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. But no, seriously, like, where can people find you at? Because you just launched your blog. So, like, share your handle, share your website. Like, if you want to share social media, like, if people want to keep up with you, how can they do that? Okay, so that's right. I did launch a blog where I'm just talking about, I'm just talking about whatever I'm talking about. But it's called birdnextdoor.com. Like, the girl next so door, cute. but it's a bird next door and b-y-r-d not b-i-r-d so b-y-r-d next door 
gmail.com. And then my Instagram handle is babybird. So B-A-B-Y, then bird with two Ys. That's a lot. If you go to the website, you'll find my Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's that. You acting like Cynthia Bailey with the, you know, the Bailey Q and the Bailey Agency. It's bird, that's Bay- bird, that's. Lake Bailey, Sweet <laughs> Hill 10, 2020. Chill, mm-hmm. hashtag chill, hashtag see heal, hashtag ba- like, I want her to let it go. Yeah, girl. But once again, thank you so much. And everybody, thank you for listening. Like, I hope you realize that adulting, social media ain't it, number one. And adulting yeah. is ghetto. And there's yeah. levels to this shit. And as the we great... We don't get to the ghetto. One day. We gonna go to the chateau of Charette. Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> spring, spring, summer, and our joggers. And our joggers. Lifestyle, lifestyle. Aquaware? I think so. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for having me. This is so needed. We'll definitely do another episode because this is amazing. But thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.